New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Dr. Brian Thomas Swim. He's the author of Cosmogenesis, an unveiling of the expanding universe. I'm speaking with Brian at his home by remote connection. Welcome, Brian, to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thanks, Justine. Great to be here. Great to have you. Brian, I know that you talk about us living in an unborn future. And by all accounts, as I see it, the future looks pretty frightening. So to speak, as a scientist and a cosmologist, how is knowing our ongoing story of the universe going to help us find our way to a future that is flourishing with life? That's a big question, especially in this in this time of, yeah. of so much chaos. Yeah. But I, I I would say that if we take the big picture, if we take the story of the universe itself, if we reflect on that, there's reason to believe that things are moving in a good direction. I, I'll give you one example. Back a couple billion years, an amazing event happened. Um, microorganisms learned how to obtain hydrogen by splitting water molecules. So they, these, these bacteria would, would gather all the hydrogen they need to build their chemicals, and then they released oxygen into the atmosphere. This went on for hundreds of millions of years until the atmosphere reached a certain level. And at that level, it became impossible for the organisms to live because the oxygen is so uh, violent, it rips apart their bodies. So they hid, they went down into the mud, and, but uh, there are various ways of surviving. But here's the amazing one. A genetic mutation enabled one kind of bacteria to process the oxygen. And so this new bacteria joined forces with another cell that knew how to develop food. And so we had the invention of what we call the eukaryotic cell. And because of that invention, life learned to deal with this really, really powerful element. Oxygen has so much energy. And that enabled plants and animals to emerge. This was a moment of catastrophe. Everything was falling apart. And yet life found a creativity to fashion a new way and a more complex way. I could give other examples of this, but my point is over the 4 billion years of life and over the 14 billion years of cosmic evolution, the universe has taken on amazing challenges and found its way through. That is what gives me a sense of, of hope, a sense of trust in this process. You know, it reminds me of the butterfly in the cocoon, sort of. And I think of the times that we're living in right now is a time in that cocoon when that caterpillar actually liquefies. 
it actually turns into liquid, which when I found that out, it just blew my socks off that it would give itself up to such a degree as to liquefy. And I feel like right now, economically, ecologically, culturally, in so many ways, we are liquefying. <laughs> we're yeah. in that state. Yeah. yeah, And we're calling on what has been termed those imaginal cells. And at first, the caterpillar rejects those odd cells, but they keep collecting and collecting until they overpower, and then they start to form this new life. And we don't know what that new life, the caterpillar didn't know that new life yeah. was going to be a butterfly. And yeah. so I think that's where we are right now. And you talk about this in cosmological terms that we are gathering together. It's a relational thing that is going on right now. Well, yeah, the relational thing. What we've learned uh, by studying these 14 billion years of cosmic evolution is that everything boils down to relationship. It's all about relationship. There are three examples of how vital relationship is. The first one is, in the early universe, it consists of just quanta, little tiny elementary particles, very, very, very tiny. And what happens? They start to relate to each other. They form atoms, and then they form molecules. And then they form galaxies and stars. Now, just, just think. Right now, we have this amazing James Webb Space Telescope, and it's looking at two trillion galaxies out there. Those galaxies were created by little elementary particles entering into deeper relationships. No new particles came here. The same particles then as now. Same protons, same neutrons, same electrons. Exactly. Say you're back there when it was all just protons and neutrons. You'd say, hey, well, there's a proton. Big deal. What's it got going for it? But what it has going for it is the ability to enter into relationships and build two trillion galaxies, each one of which is different. So it's like astounding the creativity we have discovered. That's from the large picture. Now go to planet Earth. You know, uh, about three and a half billion years ago, every organism on Earth is smaller than the sharp end of a pin. Those cells, by entering into deeper relationships, bring forth entire forests and whales and walruses. I emphasize again, it wasn't like new cells came from outer space and landed here. No, it was these original cells entering into deeper relationships, bringing forth complexity that stuns us. And as you were saying, they didn't have any idea. Can you imagine these little cells? They didn't have any idea they're building a zebra in overtime. So there we are right now. There we are. The nation state is liquefying. It's falling apart. So many of our institutions are going through this deep transition. We are in the process of building a planetary community with a planetary mind. And it'll be as astonishing to the humans that see it in its full power as a walrus is compared to the small cells that gave birth to it. You see, this is the third great transition in the universe. We are it. 
Wow. We're we're right in the midst of it too. And and we're part of it. We are participating in it. As your dear mentor Thomas Berry has said, we're earth. We are not on earth. We are earth. We are part of all of this and part of those elementary particles that came to us. We're made of them. You you really point that out in the book, how we're made of star stuff. I mean, literally. Yes. What does science have to say about spirituality? Well, scientists in general are loathe to bring up spirituality. There's a small number of scientists that uh, dedicate their lives to attacking spirituality. And there's an even smaller group of scientists that see our discoveries as forming the, the foundation of a new kind of spirituality. And I would say that Thomas Berry and I and, and others, uh, you know, many uh, fall into that last category that we are we're just stunned by what we're discovering. And I think of it as not a new religion at all, but we're developing the capacity to experience existence in a way that's similar to, but different from, earlier forms of expression, speaking of the sacred. So even though sacred is a traditional word, scientists are relating to life in the planet the way former people did to a sacred grove or a sacred temple. But for scientists that are of this orientation, everything is sacred. Through the years, I've been developing my own definition of God, so to speak. Praise. And you've been helping with it, too. I've revised <laughs> it since reading your book. I've added to it and changed some words around. And what I feel is that we are embedded in this, I'm going to call it divine intelligence. Uh, there's another word, luminous intelligence. It's not like, okay, God out there, but it's a reciprocal universe yeah. that my consciousness is participating in that, receiving it and directing it at the same time. I'm thinking that that might go along with what you have discovered. Absolutely. It might even be close to identical, but I use different language. I would put it this way, and this is an experiment that, that anyone can carry out tonight. So what you do is you go out and uh, look at the stars. I mean, humans have been wondering about the stars for 100,000 years at least. It's just that's what we're here for, to wonder about the majesty of things. So go out and look at the stars and then just rehearse what we know now. So when you're looking at the stars, you're looking at that which developed each of the carbon atoms of your body. Let me just say that another, from another angle. Scientists know of one way for carbon atoms to be constructed, and that is in the core of a star, after which the star explodes and then spreads the atoms out in the galaxy. So every carbon atom, every phosphorus atom, every nitrogen atom, there's a lot of them, but every one of those that you right now are, every one of those was constructed by a star that exploded. 
So that's the first level to take that in. You're looking at the stars and you're realizing those are the entities that created the elements of my body. Then here's the next level. When the stars first explode, the elements are just spread out throughout the galaxy. And then they coalesce into new stellar systems and planets. And at least on one of which, life formed. And here we are now. We're looking out at the stars. And we are experiencing them. We know we're experiencing them. And we also know that that consciousness was also constructed by the stars. <laughs> they gave birth to the matter that, that complexified into conscious beings. So then as you're looking at the stars, just say this little mantra to yourself. I am an inner looking at an outer that gave birth to my inner. Ah, uh, there's the reciprocal thing that you're talking yes. about. Yes. Just to reflect for a second on your consciousness, your consciousness was constructed by the matter coming from these stars. My inner world is reflected on the outer world that gave birth to my inner world. And feeling that connection with all of creation. That's what we're after. Oh, Brian, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. We just just <laughs> tapped into the little part of what you have to tell us in your enthusiasm and wonderment about how all of this works and why we're here and how we got here. So thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure, Justine. Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Brian Thomas Swim, and he's the author of Cosmogenesis, an unveiling of the expanding universe. And to find out more about his work, go to storyoftheuniverse.org. Or you can get there through New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org, where you'll find over 1,700 programs in its archive. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.